episode 883. The Green Bay Packers season stayed alive with the win in Cleveland. We'll react to the overtime victory with Armin Sarian of the Big 920 in Milwaukee. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're looking back at a win over the Cleveland Browns. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Armin Sarian, producer and host for the Big 920 in Milwaukee. Armin, how are you? Uh, I'm decidedly better, Brian, than I would be if they had lost to the Browns. I think we can all agree on that. No matter how you feel about this team, about what they're doing, and about their organization and where they should be headed, I don't think you can say honestly that you would have been feeling better this Monday morning had they lost to the Cleveland Browns. Very true. That had to be a gut punch to Cleveland Browns fans, uh, if yeah. you admit to being a Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> well, w- one of many, right? I mean, I guess they're sort of used to it, but I mean, that was a very Cleveland Browns way to lose. And Absolutely. I, I guess it it just kind of fits into their whole paradigm in Cleveland, I guess. <laughs> Armin, for those, uh, for our listeners who maybe don't know you, could you just describe your role and what you do with the Big 920? Yeah, sure. I produce the Drew Olson Show every day. Uh, from noon to three, it's uh, it's in Milwaukee and Madison. We're one to three in Milwaukee right now, and noon to three in Madison, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. We uh, we're on every day, and we talk about sports obviously locally, but it's a little bit of a different type of show. We have a lot of fun, and we we can delve into a number of topics. But um, most of us know Drew Olson, uh, former writer, for, uh, uh, beat writer for the Brewers, and he's been a sports media savant around here for a long time. So happy to be on with him every day. Uh, Monday through Friday, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we've had Drew on this show before, and you guys do a great job. Uh, let's talk about this game, though, Armin. Uh, yeah. Did you think the Packers had a chance to win when they went down by 14 in the second half? Uh, it was looking pretty. It was looking pretty dim. I, I think I, I believe they had a shot to come back and win, um, but it was looking a little bit uh, a little bit rough. The the issue was I didn't know if the Packers could stop anyone defensively. I mean, they just got completed. You know, when the when the Browns scored their their third touchdown, went up twenty one seven. I think they had just completed three hundred yards on our defense in less than three quarters. They they had continued a trend that most teams had, which were just rolling up um, our D for big chunks of yardage, and it was hard to see. Now, I, I I thought the Packers could put something together and make some drives, but I mean, the chances were pretty low at that point. So it was it was looking pretty dim. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I'm not sure I believe they would come back at that point, but there was still time on the clock and plenty of it, which I guess was helped the Packers' favor. Um, Armin, what, what is it about Brett Hundley, who hasn't played particularly well, but he always seems to save his best for the fourth quarter in overtime? You know, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know, Brian, and I don't know if there's something to that other than, you know, I, I think maybe he's, he thinks so much when he's out there. He has a lot to process as a young quarterback. And maybe these are the moments, and you hear this a lot of times when, you know, these are the times he can just go and react and let his uh, instincts and his athleticism kind of take over and not think too much. Get a couple of quick reads, simple reads, and kind of have that, 
you know, I always, I always thought that maybe even though it's the most crunch time situations, those times when you're running the hurry up, those two minute times are the most relaxing times in the field. Cause you don't have to overthink things. You know, you have to do one of two or three things every given play, get a quick hitter, get out, get, get scramble for yards. And that's your only option. So maybe there is something to that, that the pressure's off a little bit, but whatever it is, it, it, it's better that he does that. Then, um, it, you know, it's better that his best games are late at best moments are late in the game than earlier. Now the trick is how can you get him to do it the rest of the game? Right. Yeah. I think that's what everybody's wondering right now. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think his skills are still limited, but I think he does have a certain set of skills and I have to give the coaching staff some credit. I think once they went primarily to the spread, they opened things up and kind of let him, they let him do what he's uh, best at, which is kind of making a quick read or using his legs to move around. Um, he, he was able to do that. The, the key to the spread, I think was it, it uh, took away a little bit of the aggressiveness and the pressure that Cleveland was putting on, which was really dominating the Packers for most of the game. So that was sort of an issue. The Packers really had a tough time running the ball, which I didn't expect. I mean, I mean, the one thing they had been doing well offensively last week and the weeks previously with Aaron out is they had established sort of a power running game. And when, when they were able to stick to it, it succeeded. I mean, we saw that with Tampa Bay. I think we saw it uh, to, to some extent against uh, New Orleans and, um, and in Pittsburgh. So, you know, that wasn't uh, really good. They only averaged like three yards a run last night. I'm, I think Jamal Williams had under 50 yards on 15 carries. Aaron Jones had four carries for negative yardage. So um, the Packers went to that spread and they let Brett, pay, you know, they gave Brett two reads, probably one or two reads and for him to hit quick hit. And he did a pretty good job with it. Yeah. Uh, Hundley seems to do a pretty good job in that short passing game. Uh, obviously it's easy to com- complete shorter passes. Sure. No but, doubt. But yeah. he does a good job with his timing. I think, uh, how about the guy Hundley threw the game winning touchdown to how good was Devonte Adams? Uh, not just yesterday, but lately. Oh, he's so special. I mean, he's such a beast. It's not it funny, you know, Brian, you think two years back about all the drops and the struggles he had and how many people fans wanted him out of town. I mean, this guy's one of the best receivers right now in football. It's interesting to think about what, what he can do um, with multiple quarterbacks. So, you know, we see what, what we, what Jordy and Aaron can do is pretty special, but with, with uh, Hunley in there, Jordy's taking a step back, but Devonte Adams has kind of emerges that guy that's talented enough to still be a, um, a positive factor um, with, you know, with Brett Hunley, he can be a difference maker and that's pretty impressive. And it's, it's kind of showed, I think on the overtime drive, I was just, I don't know about you, Brian. I was a little surprised that once they got the ball back and they got that first first down, they were still choosing to pass a lot. And I kind of figured they'd just pack it in, run it, and take their chances with a field goal to try and win. Probably a good chance to win there. But McCarthy felt enough confidence in Hundley, especially on that third down, the winning touchdown. And Adams, he, he said, like, you know, Devontae Adams is my best player. I'm going to let him try and make some plays. And that's basically what it was. And it was just a spectacular move. I mean, Devontae Adams had 10 catches. For only 84 yards, but they were really they were really some big catches. I mean, they were really important. So he's yeah. he's the one guy that can really make some plays. He's so athletic off the line. His shake routes are just pretty. So very really really impressive player. Let's talk about the Packers defense a little bit, Armin. I thought there was a point when they made Deshaun Kaiser look pretty good, but did the Packers get the last laugh with interceptions by Haha Clint Dix and Josh Jones? Yeah, I mean. Uh, they needed those interceptions. The first one was a nice play, but it was kind of a kind of an end of the half throw um, that 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 might, you know they, the Browns might have gotten points there, but I'm not so sure they would have. So it was important to get that just to stall that final drive. 
And the last one was kind of a fluky play. I didn't get a chance, a good chance to go back and look if Clay had gotten a piece of um, uh, Deshaun Kaiser's arm on that. If he if he did, that made a difference. If not, it was just a really stupid decision and poor throw on Kaiser's part. That was just kind of a pop fly. So I, I don't I don't want to I just don't give the Packers defense too much credit. I mean they made the interception, which was huge for the for the game. Obviously, it was really important, but I don't think it took any great defensive skill. Um, unless Clay got a piece of the arm, I'm not really sure, but, but they really still struggle. I really think they do. I mean, there, there isn't a reason that a team like the Browns should be rolling up 300 yards on you in less than three quarters. And they did, um, they did do a better job in the fourth, but the Browns were kind of in shutdown mode, Brian. So I don't know how to really judge that. I I think that's the weakest part of this team. And it, it just, the Packers are trying to overcome defensive deficiencies all over the field. You just alluded to Clay Matthews, and perhaps this question is very similar to the one about Brett Hundley, but what is it about Matthews who seemingly saves his best for the clutch situations, you know, coming up with the pressure uh, on Kaiser in overtime? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, because most of the game you sit there and lament the fact that he's kind of disappears and it's not doesn't seem like he's the impact player that he used to be, that we're used to, because it does seem like he isn't, but then he comes up with a couple plays at the end. I wonder if inside, if he's if he's conserving energy for those moments, if he's kind of not the kind of guy, not the not able, he knows not able to come with 100% at all times, so he kind of cranks it up right at the end. It's it's hard to say. Also, if he has other responsibilities during the game that don't involve him just just rushing with abandon and making that the focus of his uh his defensive assignment. But um, you know, he's an old vet. He he knows sometimes how to make those plays. I I still have been a little disappointed overall though, Clay. I mean, I I just think it's. He's not the player he used to be, and he doesn't – from play to play, he doesn't provide the pressure that we're, we're used to seeing from him. He used to be one of those special players you could count on to at least come, to at least make up for more deficiencies in the defense, which I think were always there. But um, it, it's not that player anymore. But he probably knows his body better than any, any of us and is able to conserve energy uh, for the end. How concerned are you about the Packers cornerback situation after Devon House aggravated his injury on Sunday? Of, of course, there's all the other injuries, too, with Kevin King on injured reserve, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm pretty concerned just because that wasn't a strength of their team anyway. I, I think they're fairly poor at that position, and um, the fact that they're going to get thinner now isn't a good thing. You, you could take the fatalistic kind of um, pessimistic view and say, well, Maybe they'll get some other guys in there that can't could be any worse. But I don't know. Devon House is a he can be a gamer, but he's still sort of slow and he gets kind of he's kind of old. And the the Packers pass defense is, is sort of susceptible to big chunks as it is, especially with great receivers. You saw that when Josh Gordon came back. I was a little surprised the Browns really didn't go to him more, but um even Corey Coleman had some big catches. The Packers have a tough time anyway in that regard. So it it, it is a it is a concern because they're so thin. Then again, it might give young guys some opportunities. So it, you never know how these things could become a blessing. But you you generally don't want to don't want to be that banged up in that position. That's for sure. So that being said, are you impressed by the way Demarius Randall has bounced back from his benching earlier this season? Oh yeah, I mean he's kind of he's kind of turned things around in his career a little bit. I mean it's pretty it's pretty impressive. He was he was kind of okay. Everyone was ready to kind of throw him out like he was a dead fish at the. end. <laughs> after that situation where he had to like leave the field and, and I understand it, but sometimes a guy, a guy with some athletic ability, and it's not like the Packers had, you know, it's not like the Packers had Herb Adderley back there to, to back him up. I mean, they have what they have at cornerback. So you, they have to kind of try and pl- win with their guys as poor as you might think they are. And Randall's been the one that's been able to turn it around. He showed promises rookie year. It's easy to forget now, 
that he showed some promise with, with what he was doing. I remember the Cardinals uh, playoff game a few years back. He played pretty well. And those were the things we were encouraged on. And then the last couple of years he struggled, but he's turned it around. He's been one of their most consistent performers, I think, um, in the last couple of months. And that's something you need, I guess. I mean, sometimes you just need to, you just need a little motivation or a little, a little, sh- a little fire under your, under your belly to, to get you motivated a little bit and, and kind of show that he's, he's been able to turn around. So it's pretty impressive. Hopefully he can continue this. Yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly been impressed with what Demarius Randall's been able to do the past about two months or so. Uh, last question before I let you go, Armin. Are you fully expecting we see Aaron Rodgers return as soon as this upcoming Sunday against the Panthers? Uh, you know I am. I, I said it. I, I said it as soon as I saw him throw that towel around on T. There's no there's no reason they're doing that. I, I just think if they don't plan on him coming back, I think he wants to play. And I think he's healthy. I think if he wasn't healthy, they wouldn't play him. And that's the thing. If he's not healthy, they won't play him. Um, but I think he is, and I think he's going to play. I think that, especially being the Browns, if they won six and seven, it might be one thing, but Aaron is not going to want to sit out. I, I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers. You know, it might it might just be a smoke screen, but I don't know. I just get that feeling that, that Aaron's ready to go. And I think we're going to see him. I hope you're right. <laughs> Armin, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, keep up the good work there at the Good 920, and uh, we'll send our listeners to listen to you after they're done listening to this show. Appreciate that. Just a reminder, you can always listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. It's free download, it's free app, and it's uh, really great. So keep an eye out there for us, too. Sounds good. Thanks, uh, Brian. Thanks a lot, Armin. Take care. Okay, thanks, buddy. See you. Armin Sarian of the Big 920 and the Big 1070 in Madison. Uh, joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vincent, our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And Railbird Central is brought to you by B-Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar opening in the spring of 2018. Glad to have that happen, and I hope to see you there in the very near future. All right, your chips report as we do the day after the game. As usual, your blue chip players and getting top billing today. That's going to the guy who scored the game-winning touchdown, Devontae Adams. He caught the slant in overtime, made one move upfield, and then it was off to the races. And he outran the Browns' defense, which is pretty good for a guy not known for his flat-out speed. Uh, but that was just at the tip of the iceberg for Adams, who also caught the the uh, touchdown on the game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter and, and converted several first downs ahead of that moment. Uh, Adams led the team with 10 catches for 84 yards, uh, among them getting upfield on a wide receiver screen in the first half, slipping a tackle. Uh, sure, there was arguably a drop in there, but when you catch 10 passes and score two touchdowns, you know that, that drop was a drop in the bucket. Uh, we're seeing Adams transform into the team's number one wide receiver before our very eyes. And he's out here stating his case for a sizable contract extension in the offseason and just doing a great job. The other blue chip player, David Bakhtiari, the team's left tackle. Where did the pressure come from in this game? It came from the interior and it came from the right side. It sure as heck didn't come from the left. 
I know I remarked on this on social media reacting to Aaron Nagler's tweet, owner of Cheesehead TV, if you happen to see that. But there were multiple occasions when Bakhtiari rode the defensive end out so wide that he actually disrupted a blitzing slot cornerback, essentially killing two birds with one stone. Those occasions were amazing. I'm not sure I've ever seen a tackle be so dominant in my life as I had on those occasions. In the run game, I know there was an occasion in the fourth quarter when Williams ran up Bakhtiari's back on a 12-yard run that set up a touchdown. And for the most part, Bakhtiari kept Miles Garrett at bay, the number one overall draft pick. And when Garrett did find some success, it was mostly when he was rushing inside. So I thought a great game by David Bakhtiari. Uh, Really good job Um, doing a great job in Cleveland. Your red chip players, the good, maybe not great. Among them, Mike Daniels. And, and, you know, Daniels didn't have any sacks. He didn't force any fumbles or anything like that, which which is why he isn't in the blue chip category. And, yeah, you can argue him and Blake Martinez missed a tackle there that kind of ruptured into a long run. But why he's here is his consistency. You don't get just an honest effort from Daniels all day. You get a supreme effort from him. He made five tackles on the day. All five of them categorized as stops by Pro Football Focus, meaning they were short of the sticks. And while he didn't register a sack, he was making noise in the backfield with one tackle for a loss and a quarterback hit. Uh, Good job by Mike Daniels, who... Who maybe has had to play, you know, of course, when, when Kenny Clark was injured, he really had to play a lot. Now, even, you know, as Clark has come back and, and maybe still just, you know, feeling the effects of that injured ankle, you know, Mike Daniels still has to, you know, uh, shoulder a, a bigger burden perhaps um, than he would, you know, the, if Kenny Clark was 100%. Uh, but you know, Mike Daniels doing a great, great job out there. Uh, the other going, the other red chip going to Demarius Randall. We saw on Sunday how dangerous Josh Gordon can still be. And Randall basically limited him to one catch while he was covering him. Yes, Gordon caught a couple passes, uh, throughout the day, but there were occasions when the Packers were just in zone coverage and it wasn't really Randall covering him. Uh, even the one catch Gordon made against Randall was for a first down. I remember people reacting on Twitter. Why isn't Randall jamming Gordon? Well, it's because they loaded the box and Randall was on an island. He didn't have any help over the top. And so he allows, you know, a, a short slant first down. It wasn't the end of the world. Um, one of the more memorable plays Randall made was when he uh, made his lone pass breakup on the day uh, on a pass thrown to Gordon. Uh, Randall, you know, broke in front of the ball and could have had a near interception, uh, but just good that it was, you know, fell to the ground uh, first and foremost. Uh, then there were the occasions when Randall was right in step with Gordon forcing Kaiser to throw elsewhere, one on the sack by Fackrell, another on the interception in overtime. (laughs) Really good day from Demarius Randall, um, and and arguably blue chip worthy in this game. Did a really, really good job. Uh, Your cow chip players, um, the worst of the worst here. One goes to Jari Evans. It, It was a rough day for the Packers right guard who was too slow to get to the linebacker on a screen pass to Randall Cobb. 
uh, on what should have been a big gain if Evans could just get a hand on the blocker. Then there was the stuff on the run by Aaron Jones in the first half. And then there was the false start. You know, I think a long season is starting to take its toll on a longtime veteran. Uh, not to say the Packers should cut Evans, uh, but he might be on his last legs here. He he gets by on know-how and guile, uh, but the mobility just it does, it isn't there anymore, and it seems to be getting worse as, as the season is going on. I thought he did a really good job in the, in the first half of the season or so, with the exception of maybe the season opener. Um, but, you know, that could have just been a, a case of, you know, get, playing for a new team and not exactly knowing the offense and knowing the personnel around you and all that kind of stuff. But I thought he stepped up and, and now maybe it's, it's a long season taking its toll. Uh, the other cow chip player, Morgan Burnett, uh, kind of surprised myself that, uh, I'd be putting a player like him in this category. Uh, but I, I mean, he had a, didn't have a good game. Uh, Burnett of course was the guilty party on the touchdown to Gordon early in the game. Uh, and you could argue, oh, he's having to cover the slot, which is, which isn't taking advantage of his strengths. And I'd agree with you, except that he's excelled in that role as recently as last week. Um, for a guy who played every defensive snap, Burnett didn't make any plays on Sunday. He made four tackles, but nothing that stood out, nothing behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, there was a subpar jam at the line of scrimmage. I remember early in the game. Just just not a good game for Morgan Burnett. And again, just one bad game. Not to say he's chopped liver or anything like that. For the most part, he's done really good. Just wasn't a good day for Morgan Burnett. Uh, honorable mention goes to Jamal Williams with two touchdowns and Clay Matthews with the big you know pass break up there, whatever you want to, hitting Kaiser's arm there at the end of the game and getting a sack before that. Just not consistent production from Clay Matthews. Dishonorable mention goes to Devon House, who I was surprised he plays at all. Um, he didn't look 100% out there even even before he came out of the game. And another one, dishonorable mention to Lance Kendricks, who only caught like two out of six targeted passes. So there was arguably a drop in there, although I think he, that was kind of a tough one. Uh, but still, uh, even when he was getting the ball, they weren't going anywhere. Uh, not great from Lance Kendricks yesterday, um, among other candidates. You know, when you struggle to beat the Browns on the road, uh, there, there were other guys certainly who made mistakes. Some, some of them made up for them, uh, but lots of guys not doing a great job out there in Cleveland. Um, so that brings an end uh, to our Chips Report segment. Uh, but before this Packers news segment is over, um, I wanted to acknowledge the job by the Packers special teams, which, you know, probably usually doesn't get a lot of play uh, in the media anywhere and, and usually not on this show either, uh, although I like to talk about it when it's merited. And it certainly was on Sunday. Um, how good a job by Ron Zook's unit. Um, of course, I think the, the play of the day was the 65-yard punt return that helps set up the game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter uh, by uh, Trevor Davis that was really, really good, uh, helped make up for a poor choice there in the earlier in the game on his only other punt return in which he actually lost yardage. 
I'm not sure why Trevor Davis has such a hard time with his decision making because you know he is pretty talented as he, as we saw in the 65 yard return we saw him return one for a touchdown during the preseason the talent is there that he can you know he's he's a threat to take into the house at any point if he's not making poor decisions but you know when you return a punt 65 yards uh that more than made up for his one rather minor mistake uh on the other punt return um there was of course the fake punt by the Packers in the first quarter. In fact, the first drive of the game, uh, I think they really saw something on film there. If they put a player in motion, like they did with Jeff Janis, I think they thought, you know, Hey, we're going to have the numbers on this. We can block this up. And Whitehead, all he had to do was kind of make one guy miss. And he kind of put a stiff arm on him, uh, stiff arm on him and got by him. Uh, enough for the first down. Uh, so good job there on that decision by the Packers special teams. Really, the the choice by the coaching staff more than anything. But really, good job by Jermaine Whitehead uh, to take that direct snap and get the first down. And for the most part, uh, a good day by punter Justin Vogel, who averaged forty seven point yards, forty seven point eight yards per punt. There was one touchback. Uh, that didn't help, and that kind of helped uh, uh, his, his net not look quite as good um, or perhaps as good as it should have. But other than that, uh, good day by him. Uh, we can't argue with anything Mason Crosby did. Uh, I mean, he just had extra points as far as place kicks go. Um, uh, so I just, you know, th- this was the best performance by the Packers special teams of the year. Uh, they executed and they did a good job, and there's just, just, yeah, I just had to acknowledge that here uh, while we had the opportunity to do so here at Railbird Central because they deserved it and was a big, cha- big, re- big part of the reason the Packers won on Sunday against the Browns. Uh, but moving on, the day ahead. All right, it's a victory Monday, and head coach Mike McCarthy's press conference has been set. Uh, The Packers published the time as being at 3.45 p.m. Central Time. That'll be streamed live at uh, Packers.com, followed by the team's coordinators at 4 p.m. So you can listen in to Mike McCarthy's day-after-game press conference that he always has. Uh, I think there's, you know, as far as injury stuff, I think we're looking to get a little bit of a report on Devon House and what's happening there. Uh, so maybe you'll be able to learn that and maybe learn something perhaps on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what they'll have to say on Monday. We might have to wait later in the week to get official word if he's coming back or not or, or what's happening there. But uh, I'm sure he'll be asked about it regardless today. Whether or not he has an answer for us is another thing. Uh, of course, then, on usual, as usual on Mondays, it's it's the, the busiest day on the talk show circuit the day after a game. Uh, I rounded up some of the guests that I saw here on Clubhouse Live at PackersNews.com. Uh, we've got a pair of running backs, Ty Montgomery and Devontae Mays. Over on Inside the Huddle on Fox 11, the Fox affiliate in Green Bay, the guest is wide receiver Devonte Adams, so that should definitely be interesting. The day after his big game and scoring the game-winning touchdown, you might want to check that out. Um, the guest on the fifth quarter 
on WTAQ Radio in Green Bay. I believe they're at the Stadium View Bar. Uh, Trevor Davis is the guest, and that's appropriate, the day after his big punt return. Uh, I believe it's Brett Hundley's turn to host In the Huddle on the Woodward Radio Network. Uh, So plenty to see and check out there on Packers Talk Show Circuit Day, as well as the Packers head coach, Mike McCarthy, recording his uh, weekly talk show, even though it airs later in the week. Um, So there's that to check out. And um, uh, then on on Monday evening, uh, it's the linebackers' turn to ring bells and raise money for the Salvation Army, something the Packers do every Monday during the holiday season. It's a different position group every week. Remember, last week it was the defensive lineman. This week it's the linebackers. It's Blake Martinez, it's Jake Ryan, and it's Vince Beagle signing autographs in exchange for donations to the Salvation Army. Um, I'm sure they take pictures, too, uh, if you wanted them to. So if you live in the greater Green Bay area or have the means to get there uh, and you want to get some player autographs, this is a great opportunity because it also goes to a good cause and something nice that the Packers do at this time of year, uh, something that they're doing every Monday. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers matching the donations out of his own pocket um which is cool too so there you go that's what's happening in the world of the green bay packers and that is recapping a win over the cleveland browns on sunday staying alive for the playoffs with the knowledge that aaron Rodgers may return very soon making this season even more interesting and it's going to be a big game on sunday because they play a pretty good carolina panthers team uh this is by far a given from a win, even with Aaron Rodgers. So it definitely made the win on Sunday, made the stakes even higher for this upcoming Sunday's game. I can't wait to break it down later in this week. In fact, we've already got our next guest lined up, as you can expect. Um, Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com will be our guest, as he is every Wednesday during the season. We'll talk to him one last time about this Browns game and uh, start to look ahead to what the Packers got going against the Panthers uh, this upcoming Sunday in December. Uh, So that's going to do it for Railbird Central. Thank you everybody so much for joining us. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Um, I leave you today uh, with a song called Colorado Bluebird Sky by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go.